Fair enough. Okay, hello. Welcome to Movie Cliche, or uh, what, what, what was your idea? It's that's so, so cliche. That's, so, see, I see it's almost too on the nose for me, so I don't know. We'll, we'll figure but it people out. People like on the nose. That's yeah. the whole thing now. Working title, working title. <laughs> Literal. Um, okay, so today we are talking about uh, Cruising, 1980, directed by William Friedkin, um, starring Al Pacino. And um, Al Pacino goes undercover in the gay bar scene of New York. So I thought um, a short uh, gay Italian man. Why not bring on Mark Sierra? <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Coming out on this podcast right now, <laughs> I am Italian. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah so, uh, what do you think? I think here's what I think. I think William Friedkin is a talented director. Yes. I think there's a there's a tone to the film that I absolutely love, and I want to set this up for people. This is like 1980. We're talking about almost, you know, a decade after Serpico, which is a very similar storyline, very similar premise. Cindy Lou May takes Pacino, puts him in an undercover position where he may or may not be putting his life in danger. Danger, And it has the machinations of kind of like a thriller, but it actually ends up becoming like a sleazy horror a bit in, 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 in yeah. cruising. Well, it's not quite the police, you know. I would say that um, that's that's a pretty big theme with Friedkin. Like, mm. I mean, The Exorcist, Sleep. obviously. <laughs> yeah, sleaze for sure. But also horror, like uh, Exorcist, of course, is you know a huge movie. But uh, even in stuff like French Connection, Sorcerer, all this stuff has an element of horror. Like uh, in, in French Connection, the uh, Gene Hackman cop one, he's almost a psycho. And he, mm-hmm. he gets, it gets real horror-ish. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this... And, he, and, and it's almost like, like there's a macabre kind of like gothic tone to cruising where you're looking at christopher street and you're like this looks like a victorian england in the <laughs> yeah. 19th century yeah like, a jack the cool. ripper yeah, yeah it's like it's very it's interesting he definitely creates that milieu but i'm i'm not sure if it worked yeah i i would agree um the yeah so there's a serial killer and al pacino is tasked to find him and i would say there's sort of two distinct parts of the movie where it's sort of a uh, straightforward cop film in a lot of ways and then mm. when we go to the killer, it's very horror. Yeah, it it's transforms. Yeah. The the stabbing scenes are visceral, I would yeah, say, and yeah. very. Uh, and yeah, I'm not sure if they mesh as well as as they. Uh, well, I the th- genres I guess don't mesh as well as they did in like other movies. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if it works as a police drama in the first place. I don't know if it works as a horror either. It's kind of like a bizarre Frankenstein, and yeah. part of it I think is the studio's interference. Like obviously he's taking on very you know provocative material stuff that people weren't you know accustomed to watching mm-hmm. um and there was a lot of backlash obviously when it came out in this yeah you know, well we're gonna get into that um but yeah, yeah but you, what you. uh what 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 you said with the uh, there's definitely the both of them al pacino's coming off a crazy run Huge like you're saying run. Set, like serpico, serpico godfather, godfather dog day too yeah day. it's it's back to back to back he is yeah. and uh, also and he looks wiped throughout cruising <laughs> like this guy's just done four okay masterpiece. i'm i'm glad you said that because i feel that this movie is it's hardcore there's fisting mm-hmm. scenes there's mm-hmm. lots of very uh explicit gay sex for 1980 and i oh, feel yeah. like pacino's performance he seems a bit Empty. like 
like a yeah, little bit like out. shocked yeah. a bit like <laughs> and i was and i had issues with that like i think pacino is one of the best actors of all time but i'm like he's almost sleepwalking through this role and i'm not sure if it was because he was uncomfortable i'm not sure if it got if his performance got lost on the cutting floor i'm not sure if it was like freakin's direction and what he like you know play this kind of like an empty vessel because i found pacino's arc so stilted mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't know what his inner conflict is it's like, true. <laughs> uh but also you could have sometimes i was like i guess he would be a little stunned if he was this rookie cop <laughs> and he got thrown into this 100 percent. but yeah i know what you're saying um but yeah let's get to the production because yes. yeah it is there is a lot of um things going on here it was um yeah, like I said, these two guys coming in near the top of their game. Incredible. Uh, and then this is pretty much a flop. Both it, just won an Oscar. I yeah, think. It, it just made $8 million, and there was a lot of controversy, even in the production, so far as so um, that wherever they filmed, people would be showing up with mirrors and whistles to, like, screw with the lighting yeah, and screw with yeah. the... Um, and uh, th that most of this movie was dubbed that um, i could tell you can tell yeah. with the performances it's like yeah so there is a bit of a weird kinda feeling of that um kind of gives it an italian giallo kind of feeling you're like this is like a night <laughs> yeah, thriller. Some, some actors speak a different language but i did like it how i don't know if they went more of this on purpose but um for the killer i feel like it worked because whenever the killer talked oh, the in the murder scene yeah. the dubbing it was very obvious and it like, mm. gave us this weird nightmarish mm. quality um, I like that. I like that there was. I think it's the it's tough because if you're if I were to judge bit you know cruising off of it it film without the context of its production, it's a flop. When I consider cruising in context of there were people harassing Freakin, there were <laughs> Pacino was like you know dry. He was so tired doing doing this whole thing. He you know so many actors dropped out, so many directors dropped out yeah. making it. You're like, oh shit! I can't believe this actually got made. Forget about the film, yeah. fact that it's a film. Can't believe it actually got made. That is definitely a big part of how much I liked it. I feel like because just being like, I can't believe Pacino's in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like watching him do that. Like if it was an unknown, I don't know if I would be as engaged because it's it's like seeing the one of the biggest stars do this movie that is a big risk in a lot of ways, uh, and that really adds to me adds uh, to it for me. Uh, but yeah, the controversy. Um, yeah, the protests, uh, they were forced to do a disclaimer. Um, the, the, even the co-founder of GLAAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Defense, um, came out against it and pointed to the disclaimer specifically being like, it's an admission of guilt. And um, hmm. so much so, and uh, Friedkin knew this, and he actually uh, asked uh, an author named John Ricci, who uh, wrote a seminal um, gay book called City of Night, and he wrote an essay defending his right to make the film, but he didn't defend the film itself. And I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. It, it is. I will say, like coming, you know, it's interesting in hindsight to talk, like to see it. Mm -hmm. But I think in the moment it was getting made, I could see why there'd be a lot of pushback. It isn't the best depiction of gay culture. It's yeah. it's it kind of falls into the tropes that we all kind of like, unfortunately now subject to constantly the kind of leather bar mm -hmm. the kind of like you know it's kind of parochial and it's it, like oh they're all scandalous and they're all having <laughs> sex constantly yeah. and even at the bars you know like it's i honestly though when i was watching i was like this is, seems like a sick scene it's an <laughs> it's that's the thing is it captures christopher street incredibly and like seeing it just as like a, almost like a anthropological 
look at that time and place in New York, it's unparalleled. Like, mm-hmm. it's an amazing capture. But. Apparently, he did a lot of research and went, uh, Pacino himself as well, went and hung out at these bars, did his own undercover work. I'm sure he did. Um, <laughs> and, uh, sure yeah, just doing uh, apparently, a lot of these um, uh, bars were owned by the mafia oh, at yeah, the yeah. time. And, big time, big uh, yeah, time. he spoke to a lot of those people. And um, Al Pacino has uh, a phrase saying, uh, concerning the controversy, he said, Listen, I think it's a segment of the gay population, and it's just how Italian Americans aren't um, defined by the mafia. Right, right. <laughs> so, and I could see Pacino you could leaning see. on what he knows there. Yeah, and he, Liam in the Godfather. Yeah. Don't get mad at me. It's it, it is actually it's a funny parallel because like yeah, what the Godfather did for Italian Americans, it's like a curse and a blessing. Yeah. The curse is great. Now everyone that's Italian American is considered part part of the mafioso. <laughs> yeah. But the blessing is, hey, we get recognized, we get representation. Mm-hmm. It you know, it it elevates our stature in like the public consciousness. And that's where I'm torn by cruising. I'm like, okay, wow, big time director taking a big bad risk with a film like Cruising mm-hmm. with an actor, again, big actor. This is not just some like slum. This yeah, is, this as is, like, we a, said, coming off the biggest, coming off the biggest films, and like yeah. for that, I'm like, wow, that's a that's an amazing feat. But there's just so little nuance, and there's such a it's yeah. such a weird it's a it's a and the only gay characters you get to know is either the murderer or someone the getting neighbor. murdered or the yeah, neighbor. Yeah, who gets murdered? Who gets murdered? Yeah, yeah. Um, they. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, it, it kind of reminded me, you know, and I think that was, it's tough because you're kind of looking at these things again in hindsight. How do you get representation on the screen, capturing the audience's attention, knowing that they lean into these genres, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that they're gonna watch a a yeah. a, a, night, a nightmarish murder mystery in New York, or in the case of like what reminded me of like, the Silent Partner, Silent Partner with Elliot Gould. Where oh, like, yeah, oh, we're yeah. gonna show, you know, Christopher Plummer plays this kind of like queer character. Oh, but he happens to be a serial killer. Yeah. And so it's like <laughs> we constantly get introduced to these these you know representa- representations of queer culture, but they're not in the best light. Yeah. And they're no. not and like and I felt it was kind of easy on the cops too. I'm it's like, a very straight movie. <laughs> it's very yeah, straight. It's a very. It's very. It's very it, stiff. Like it's uh, very stiff. one thing that was, um, they purposely didn't pick game like for the the music in the bars they, oh it's they didn't amazing want so, music. it's so good it's, it's incredible sound the germs i actually the, bought the cripples i actually bought it of course i, I went uh, you can't find it on spotify or anything so i went and bought it's it it's amazing uh but yeah apparently that is the one thing that he definitely wasn't the, um accurate he oh was like, no, i no. want i There's want something no, different but there was that you know i was i was reading that william friedkin when they were like the germs were in the studio recording the one of the, like, the main songs for this freaking supposed to was just going crazy he's like pogoing in the <laughs> middle of the studio people were like yeah freaking yeah it's like, a legendary soundtrack germs so willie good. deville it's um, so good yeah um one uh last uh, aspect of the production i wanted to uh, talk about was he um apparently freaking was approached uh to make this movie a few times it was based off a book by paul betson um mm-hmm. and he turned it down a few times and then um he finally said yes because there was a series of real murders um and oh sorry the book was based by uh was Gerald walks but um there was real murders in new york committed by paul betson who was an extra on the exorcist 
What? Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> what? A, so that's weird. I know. He was a doctor's assistant. Wow. And, um, and he yeah. committed the murders in New he York. He committed these murders that the movie it was like loosely based off of. Wow, yeah. that's weird. That's a weird connection. Yeah, very odd. So free. Yeah, I know they offered it to Spielberg. He was gonna direct it originally, but then he did Jaws. Yeah, it got passed around. The book got passed around a while. Like it's Jaws, uh, probably the better move. Well, that's the thing. I was just talking to someone recently. They were like, there's a parallel universe somewhere where Spielberg took cruising and then his career just kind of like tepidly floated along. They're like, okay. And he made the, the murderer a mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> a cyborg slash alien. Half shark. Um, also, this movie um, has uh, a sort of a legendary 40 minutes of cut footage. Legendary sort of because oh, yeah, James yeah. Franco apparently made a doc of where it was. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, Freakin kind of admitted that it was just 40 minutes of Obsessed. hardcore porn yeah, and he yeah. just wanted something to give to the which but, even, which baffles me because I'm like okay I get it if it's stilted and you don't get the character arc because the moments where you think Pacino is going to reflect on his kind of you know maybe latent homosexuality they cut out because they didn't want you know MPA wouldn't want that to be released mm-hmm. but then when I read that I'm like so he didn't have anything that contributed to the character <laughs> that, that, that like that character is just who he is which is like kind of dazed, dazed and confused walking through Christopher Street, kind of not knowing his place. That's yeah. That was my main contention with the film, really. Okay. Is the protagonist's lack of, lack of depth, you know, like, especially, you know, Freakin must have known. He must have known that this is Pacino who just acted in Serpico in an mm-hmm. almost identical storyline. Yeah. You know, swap, swap the queer culture in New York with the corrupt police in, mm-hmm. in New York. And you don't get the same arc. Yeah, you don't get and this. It, I think what really points it out, there's certain scenes where it's like, oh, this is the Pacino acting scene. You know? Yes, yes, And yes, it yes. doesn't, it's like, oh, this is, it's sort of confusing almost. It's like, oh, this is, is how this guy feels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it sort of adds to maybe later, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the ending later, how maybe all ties together. But yeah, let's start off at the beginning. We're just going to go through this beat by beat. Just mm-hmm. so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it starts off with... Um, the first the the killings uh, they pull the um, the body parts out of the water and then Which it is goes a great to it's almost like an animal's arm you're like what is that yeah. it doesn't look human yeah it's a, a good creepy way to start and then it goes into the cops who are um, the cops are an interesting part of it you already mentioned this a bit but um, you thought they were kind of easy on them I thought they well, were kind of I thought they were it was a pretty balanced look in some ways but I don't know we'll, it we'll is, get to that it is but it's also it's a, again the cliche of like your case depends on this detective. <laughs> yeah. If you don't get down to the business, yeah. you, you lose your job. And then Paul Serino's like, I got to figure it out. <laughs> and then Paul Serino enlists Al Pacino because he's like, you're kind of queer. <laughs> he's like, sure, you do this. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you this, uh, Mark. Uh, have you ever had your cock sucked by a man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. That, yeah. was the, that is Paul, <laughs> the one of Paul Serino's, for the first time we see Al Pacino, that's that's the first question he gets asked. So I love that. It's, it's came out a hot. But the first cops that we see, are I guess they're on the beat of the gay. They're either on the beat of mm-hmm. Christopher Street gay scene looking for this killer, but they're or they're just enjoying or they're it. just there. But yeah. yeah, they're they immediately harass and sexually assault these two. Um, I don't know, maybe sex trans workers, drag workers. I, mean, I don't even know if they're sex workers. They're just heading towards the club. I don't, I don't know. That's true. That's a presumptuous. Yeah, it's, maybe. but yeah, um, and. Yeah, so then we first see the club, and immediately I'm in. Like we said earlier, the the 
Oh yeah, the music's the, great. The setting, the music, the music's so good, and the um, the lighting. Yeah, the light. Everything looks fantastic. And it's a weird. The intro is weird because you're we're looking at it, and it's this police car driving down this rain slick city street in New York, mm-hmm. and it's this cop driving behind the steering wheel, and he's got this almost like Travis Bickle esque monologue where he's kind of like <laughs> muttering about the depravity, and you're like, is this like yeah. the other side of Taxi Driver that William Freakin wanted to make, where it's like, oh, you saw it from this guy's, but now we're gonna see it from the cop's perspective. You know? Speaking of the Travis Bickle aspect, um, shortly after this movie was released, um, someone went into one of the bars where they filmed this, uh, like one of the bars they filmed these scenes, and shot it up Jesus. and killed a bunch of people. What? And oh cruising was placed as the blame. And it turned out it was a New York City cop. What? Yeah. I didn't um, know that. And... He pleaded wow. insanity, and he spent the past 73 years. He, he died in the insane asylum. Rest uh, in peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he accused, um, he said all the gay people uh, need to die. There's too many of them. Uh, this goes it, back to, is part cru- of all the problems. <laughs> is This goes back to, is cruising the best depiction of gay culture? If it's yeah. causing police to be like, fuck it, I'm going. Well, apparently that was, maybe it was even like some, some, guerrilla marketing because it yeah. was oh, never it attri- he never it was never attributed proven. to right. it, it got attributed to it but there was no it's, like the shooting after ta- it's like the shooting after taxi driver yeah or something like that there were the attempted assassination after taxi driver wow okay so more travis bickle um, i just felt like that intro was like i it gets you in immediately you're like wow it is yeah. ripping a page out of scorsese and, and i love Schrader's. i love some of the dialogue too the uh, the guy who's he's like why are you here he's like oh i've got an ego problem i'm yeah. here to be worshiped and adored yes yes <laughs> if Great someone lines. said that to me i'd be, I'd be like oh, okay <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> there's some amazing it. lines of it yeah um yeah, and then we uh, so then we see the murder, and like we were talking about early, very horror, very. It made me wince the stabbing and stuff. Oh yeah, he's incredible. Dire- he, that's yeah. the thing is he's Great such an incredible him. director of of action, quote unquote, slash you know these Hitchcockian kind of thriller mm-hmm. scenes, and those work. Like it made me wince seeing that murder. Yeah, because you don't expect it, and the way yeah. he hog ties him at the oh. beginning, you're like, what is going on? Yeah. And he's got such a great look with the, the mullet and the aviator. The sound and, and the, the aviator. Yeah, it's, I feel like uh, Lou Reed looked at them. Yeah, and was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a um, lot of weird musical, like musical stylistic kind of crossover. Like when he first walks into the bar, when he's first undercover. He looks like Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Like you're like this guy's like <laughs> yeah. born in the USA walking yeah. in being like the straight guy and like Yeah, I feel like he's a terrible cop. Yeah, oh he's like, awful. He, he doesn't screws, get any information. He, yeah, he, he screws like, everything up. He's quiet the entire time. He's just observing and like, Yeah, we'll we'll get more into that later because it really comes up. But um yeah, so we first see um like we said, we first see uh, Al, pretty. It takes a while to first see him, and then um, Paul. Oh yeah, Servino, it takes fifteen minutes. I think it's like fifteen. Minutes yeah, fifteen the twenty minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Servino um, is his um, sergeant. Uh, I thought he did a great job. He was very like He's paternal. It's amazing. Yeah, Servino's um, always just throwing this out there. Servino is always amazing. He just that didn't ever get that kind of like, you know. Yeah, big, big, big role that. Well, mm-hmm. I guess Polly and Goodfellas, which is. But fantastic. even that, that's a smaller role. But it yeah, is. But it's, in my opinion, it's the best role. Yeah, he, <laughs> it might be the best role in this movie too. He is. He's great. Yeah. The scene of the billiard room where he just like where he was just counting his money. <laughs> it's just like, um, and it's like sort of. Um, he he almost has a a face of. Uh, uh, like hiding how smart he is mm-hmm. and he has this blank mm-hmm. dumb face that people 
well, they'll just keep talking because he's blank on it. Yeah. And, and he'll like use that to his advantage. I thought, I thought mm-hmm. he was really good. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, so it goes, so Paul Servino, he, he comes in real hot. It says with the, have you ever had your cock sucked by a man before? And Burns, why do you think you were called down here? I don't know. They told me that there was uh, some uh, special assignment and that I was right for it. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had your cock sucked by a man? A man? <laughs> no. Uh, Never been forked? Or had a man smoke your pole? <laughs> you got to be kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're kidding. I know it. I... All these, like, sort of leading questions that are... And Pacino has no idea what he's talking about. He's this rookie cop. Also, rookie cop, Pacino's yeah. like 45 in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit odd. In Serpico, it makes sense. He's yeah. a bit younger. He looks a bit like, you know, rough and tumbling. He's yeah. kind of just like walks and like, yeah, just go in undercover mm-hmm. and get these guys. But yeah. yeah, it's a bit strange. He still has the, the eyes, though. He still has those dark yeah. puppy dog eyes. It yeah. hasn't like turned Oh, he's amazing. Jewish. Pacino's yeah. amazing. Um, I thought it was funny also when he asked him all these gay questions like have you ever said cock have you ever done this and that and Pacino's like no 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 and then uh, he goes why don't you take a look at the board and for a second I was like is there going to be a bunch of guys sucking cock on this board I know. <laughs> and so he breaks it down he said we, we need you to go in and uh, find all these people um, get a real sense of the gay scene um, and he agrees He said partly because he says he's going to make detective uh, yeah, if that's, he a does that. yeah that's a classic that's a classic setup yeah and he goes back to his uh, girlfriend, um, Karen which, Allen. Karen who's, Allen, who's fantastic. Like again, though, a wasted character. Yeah. Like it's. I felt like she was there just to anchor his oh, straightness. If we're talking about movie cliches, that's, oh my that's, god, that's a different one. The nagging girlfriend. Oh who, my god, who you can't tell anything about. No, just never tell your girlfriend anything. You and know? every scene, <laughs> she's just like, I don't understand what's going on. He's like, You don't get it. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like in Serpico, it's like a, it's warranted because you see the pressure. It's like a steam pressure just mounting into Serpico's head. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you're like, do I get the pressure? Like, you're going to these clubs. You're I feel like, like maybe the pressure is, is he gay? Is he but, trying to be? And look, that is 100%, I think, the amb- you know, the ambiguity that Friedkin's going for. It just never fully blossoms between them. Yeah. Like, you never it's feel too Karen much Allen. Ambiguity. There's too, way too much. It's like, give me a scene where Karen Allen's like, you know, just, you know, I'm not throwing this other, but where Karen Allen's questioning their love together or mm-hmm. give me a scene where he's questioning his love for her but yeah, you don't get she's that she's very just... she's almost the perfect cop wife because yeah, yeah. in a lot of other in other cliches it's always like you work too hard and she's just like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. sure and she's got it's, this gorgeous apartment huge it's, it's, loft <laughs> it's, it's the size of like a yeah it's there's huge. a hilarious scene where um I think it's the second time where it's it's like they give a little breather from the gay scene and uh, and she he goes back to his apartment and she's like cooking dinner and the oh, toast yeah. pops yeah, like perfectly timed <laughs> yeah, with the it's, argument it's, it's like, like a commercial yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought that was funny but Karen um, Allen again it's like yeah Karen Allen who are... she's in from uh, uh, Indiana Jones so this is yeah, pretty Indiana yeah. Jones so maybe it was just she wasn't big enough yet to. I, again, I think it has to do with the script. I think that they just did not write those beats properly, or it's in the direction because mm-hmm. Sidney Lumet does something very similar where you have these chaptered breaks with Serpico where every time Serpico gets a break, it's with his girl, his girlfriend that he's kind of like yeah. courting. And you see the whole courting process and you see the whole arc of that relationship. In this, the relationship kind of starts off troubled 
and it kind of ends. Like, there's no real, yeah. like, oh, there's a breaking point. And something. also, I think there's a, it's almost like double duty because there, the other breaks are with, uh, so I'll back up a bit. Uh, Pacino is, moves into the gay neighborhood and strikes oh, yeah, up a, a friendship with yeah. uh, another gay neighbor. And there's breaks from the scene where he's almost dating this guy. Like yeah, they go to I coffee. love those. Those are great scenes. Yeah, so I feel like it was, maybe that's why... That's why both, I feel, are a bit underdeveloped because they had to split the time between the two. That's almost. a good point. And there is more chemistry between the neighbor and Pacino mm-hmm. than there is between Karen Allen and... Which, and, you know, uh, leads maybe to the gay the gay uh, Pacino-gay theory. It does, but that relationship never really... Like, it develops for sure, but again, it's not enough to... Mm-hmm. It's kind of what Ebert... Because I read Ebert's review after, uh, and he was saying, like, you're not getting enough of Pacino's interior to uh, to really feel that like he's torn between the na- this yeah. neighbor and Karen Allen. It's just more him being stunned. Exactly. The time. <laughs> like they're <laughs> eating and he's just asking the most banal questions. Yeah. Like, um, Okay, so he goes to Karen Allen. He says, listen, babe, can't tell you, but I got to go yeah. away for a while. And she's like, okay. Um, and then we have the another great movie cliche, um, the sort of montage, but this oh is a God. funny twist because it's the gay montage. Yeah, it's yeah. like learning how to be gay. Yeah, um, exactly. It's so true. He goes uh, to... Um, the place to get a yeah to get a, a handkerchief yeah <laughs> yeah and he and, just outlines and, all the colors like it's yeah. like a I feel like every grim. third grader was like right okay write this down yeah, um, yeah. okay left pocket yeah right. red blowjob yellow <laughs> yeah. pissing on my face okay, like, yeah we're gonna tell everyone in the schoolyard what this is about um, and also like I love that he just like the owner of the shop just kind of nonchalantly walks him through it not like hey you're not part of this scene like get out yeah. of my job <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like you're no coming in like a like, narc like, <laughs> yeah the most narc question like <laughs> so break it down for me yeah he's like, how do okay, you guys me, get yeah. it on <laughs> yeah. and what's so funny he tells him he tells him but then later pacino screws <laughs> it up i know like he says like yellow's for piss stuff yeah and he picks he's yellow that, yeah. so <laughs> but again it's that thing of like is he into that and yeah. is he trying and then once he does get encountered by someone who's offering that he's like I'm not queer. But no, he <laughs> says, I like to watch. And yeah, the yeah. guy's, guy's kind of pissed. I like, he's like to watch. Yeah, he's like, well, then don't fucking wear that bandana. You That's a great scene, actually, yeah. where he gets confronted by him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, more gay montage stuff, lifting. That was a Pacino, a little bit acting oh, scene. Oh, that he's was like, bizarre. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was, I've gone into lifting and quarantine, so <laughs> I was, I was uh, identifying. Um, that's right. That happens right after that scene. Yeah, that's, that's part right. of the gay montage. Um so he goes back to Karen's one more time, and then they have sex, but he's, like, less into it this time, and you can see he's more distracted. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is where he sort of turns the corner and he starts to really go for it, and this is where we get my favorite scene, the uh, the dance scene. The poppers dance scene. Oh, man. <laughs> he's just gas. losing it. He's yeah. Just, it's, the be- it's one of the best scenes. It's there. so great. And the, the song, uh, Heat of the Moment by Willie DeVille, Night. Hey baby, what's happened? I'm with someone. Are we all? Want to dance? That's perfect. 
Um, and I also like how they treat like Pacino is a hunk. Yeah. In this movie, like everyone yeah. in the bar is sort of looking at him, but yeah, he's. I've never thought Pacino looks shorter. I felt like no, it's true. The way they film him, he's like tiny a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. And but and yeah. he's just not as muscular and like like all the other men, they're like Adonis's. They're like buff. <laughs> they're yeah. they're again. It's the cliche. They're all like yeah. got the leather tight yeah leather mustache and the must and they're just like yeah. ripped. And then you see Pacino, and he's like this like pale, <laughs> red eyed Italian in the corner who's yeah. just like staring like with stun. Yeah, but it it's great. I love the way he he comes to the bar and he does that little fist bump thing. He's like trying to act gay a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. Um, He gets picked up and then he gets dragged to the dance floor by this guy. And Pacino's dance moves. I don't know how would you describe those. It's like it's like <laughs> high on cocaine. He's, yeah, he's like. But also, it's an, it's kind emotions. of angry. It's kind of like this anger, like this pent up rage. Yeah. When he's, he's like, dancing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's almost like a workout, yeah. And they they throw in some weird there's like some weird stylistic choices with um like they they start blurring the camera. I guess they get the the gas huffing effect. Yes, yes. But yeah, another reason why this bar looks so amazing. Like just people handing out <laughs> rags, rags and It's poppers. amazing. Um, but that's it, it, again, it, like now that we're talking about these scenes, I'm like more and more kind of understand the pure resentment from like the community. It's like they're huffing they're huffing gas mm -hmm. they're not nothing but sex fiends they'll just yeah. pick up anyone that comes in yeah. it, they've got like that's you know, oh yeah no we, discrimination i can't believe we f failed to mention while in the middle of this happening is a very graphic fisting scene oh yeah like they lube up yeah the entire form yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like f you know no judgment like you know pleasure is pleasure but also it's like freaking you're trying to gent <laughs> yeah. not gently but maybe you're trying to introduce a, a world to this yeah it's like because it's 1980 and we haven't seen anything before for them to go this hardcore this quick <laughs> i could it also speaks to, i think that era you know like yeah this is right pre-aids yeah so, exactly. Um, exactly but i almost appreciate it for that like in retrospect like at the time i understand why why a lot of these people were protesting this but because um, yeah. yeah you don't want maybe your first impression to uh, no. to the right of world but you may get killed <laughs> and fisted at a bar it's <laughs> like oh yeah I, i'm into this i'm down yeah. but like in 2021 i feel it's you know it's like what this seems like an awesome scene I oh mean, yeah i'm yeah. sure cut out the killer see cut out the killer yeah. and you're like this is a bad yeah, this is bad yeah but also um, it is it is interesting to see like just the get like there was obviously a dearth of queer cinema hitting the mainstream forget about just cinema in general and it was quite macabre like you know three years later you had buddies you know the film about two men or one man who's going through his treatment of aids and it, unfortunately you know queer culture at that time in that place new york was being represented as quite dark mm -hmm. it wasn't like it's not how it, you know it's yeah. leaps and bounds now but, but uh, i mean so to, it's it's nicer than just it being about aids you know well like, that I feel wasn't like, that wasn't on the horizon and it wasn't prescient you know it, yeah I, it'd be different that's what if it I were mean. prescient if it was like, that's what i mean if it's like it, it becomes like queer cinema after that is so much of it oh, yeah. just focuses like around aids yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. so it's like okay so yeah we get that so this is purely other than the murders, of course, it's purely joy. It's purely fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like they're all having a great time for the most part, other than getting stabbed viciously. Um, speaking of that, back to the murders. Um, 
the dance scene is sort of he's trying to lure who he thinks is the the murderer and of course since Pacino's this hunk on the dance floor it works and um, it turns out to be the wrong guy back to Pacino <laughs> yeah. being a terrible cop yeah and I love and, how they just expedite the process. Like he's on his first day, they're like, "Fuck it, let's just let's just yeah. ransack it now." <laughs> yeah, that, he, that it's was. It's just, it's just. Maybe you're right. Maybe it does speak to police's, the police's like kind of like incapacity for for due process and like proper investigation because they're just like jumping the gun. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, let's just let's just kill this guy. It's sp- like, <laughs> speaking of uh, jumping the gun, that that uh, the whole thing goes wrong because the radio transmitter that Pacino oh, has yes, on goes right. down that's right and then every cop's worst nightmare they think is going down they think yeah. oh no the cop's getting gay killed, raped and yeah. murdered so yeah. they they rush it yeah. like they bring the whole like, all squad. like sawed off shotguns are like we <laughs> yeah. gotta do this now <laughs> like I thought if this is real life you might get blasted away yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh 100% stop raping him <laughs> uh, undercover up, policeman is found dead with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, and then the and whole interrogation post that I was like, "What is yeah, happening?" Okay, yeah, this is um, this is what I think is. Uh, so yeah, they arrest the it's the wrong guy and Pacino. Uh, oh, by the way, when they rush in, Pacino is hogtied and nude. Yeah, which I was I was surprised he went for, but uh, way to go for Pacino. Um, but yeah, he also they, seems really upset. Not that they came in and like, not because he knew that they were going to like they came in too quickly. And they were gonna. He was about to get the information. It seems like he's upset because they interrupted his day. Yeah, there was again, a little a great, bit like, great, yeah, great does scene. Pacino want it? And yeah. is that why they kind of mm-hmm. harshly so they, reprimand him? They bring him. They bring him in, and they're still pretending Pacino is um, not. They one they, of them. they keep. They don't blow his cover. Yeah. And so they keep in uh, the worst way. But anyways. Yeah, uh, and they interrogate this innocent man and Pacino. It's not like they could. They, like, why not just separate them? Like you know, yeah. you know, like I think strictly I, for the dramatic effect. Of but like, also, I think maybe to keep his cover, you could say, you could say, sure, yeah, yeah it's like that's see, true. I'm getting slapped around as well. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of slapped around, is um, so they're they're interrogating these people quite harshly, and they're you know they're hitting them, and um, at one point, the door it's a great opens. Scene. It's a great scene. A giant buff black man in a jockstrap and, and a cowboy a hat. Cowboy hat walks over and slaps the shit out of Pacino. And it's the best scene and, in the film. That's my favorite scene. Yeah, in the film. And, and Pacino's reaction, I think, is indicative of his whole, of his whole performance. He's like, what's going on? Who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that? That's the best scene <laughs> yeah. in the film. It's cartoonish. Yeah, it's like, and I'm watching, it's like, what the hell? What, I know. what is happening I thought I, I had, then, I thought I had put on another film, and like, it just like, he came out of nowhere. And yeah, they don't address it. No, but and then I had read that later, they... The, later, they go out, and he's sitting there, and yeah, I, I read up on it, and apparently this is something that cops would do sometimes. Yeah. Because if the muscle someone would no, but even dress them up like the way he dressed them up, because the if anyone complained to like a judge or a lawyer, oh, they would right, be like, right. "This guy's lo- uh, a loony." And then some giant black guy with a cowboy hat and drugs and the cops would be like, "I don't know what he's yeah, talking about," yeah. and it would seem so ridiculous. It's actually smart, isn't that That's tw- extremely twisted, though. I thought. Um, and it's a yeah, good idea. Um, that's why I was saying that the cops thing. Um, so they beat this guy up, this poor innocent gay guy, and then they say, um, "You're gonna give the floating ball test." Oh yeah, Did what you, was that? That was so. I think that means he has to jerk off because they're like, "Oh, you're I gonna see. fill this cup." 
Oh, and I then see. if your balls are still like if your balls aren't floating, then yeah, yeah we're gonna they're not empty. Yeah. Um. So they find out it's not him. His prints doesn't match from another murder. And that's a great scene too. It's like yeah. they get the the fingerprints and like everyone like as if that was the one guy that they got was gonna be the guy. And Paul Sweeney was like, "Fuck, yeah. I've done no due diligence and I'm <laughs> I'm off track." But then when they realize that they're like up shit's creek without a paddle and they've got no leads or nothing. Um. One of the cops is like, just give me another round with him. I know I yeah. can get into it. So, yeah, yeah it really points to, to comply. how, you know, they could, they will just get a confession out of someone if they really want to. And um, then Pacino has a breakdown and he's like, I can't do it anymore. And that's a classic cliche scene. He's yeah. like, I can't hack it anymore, <laughs> boss. <laughs> I can't. And I love that scene where he's like, it's the end of this bit. He just confesses this law. Like, and then Servino like, just pulls something inside of his jacket. He's like, Here's all the gentlemen that went to Columbia University. Okay, wait, hold on that. Hold it, because I want to say uh, Servino does such a great job with it, it. If you've ever been in that situation where you're like, I can't do it, I can't do it, and then someone's like, I need you. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, Oh no, don't anything but that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The so right after this, um, Servino's like, Oh, here's this great clue. You know, like, here's this yeah. list of, <laughs> of students that are possibly uh, connected to a previous murder. And it turns out to be the guy. So it's like Pacino hardly ever had to go undercover. Exactly. It's like, why didn't we just exactly. start Why not just interrogate those people? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it was just Sorvino's twisted, like, sex fantasy. He's like, I want to see Pacino on the yeah. dance floor. How he do we, sucks cock. How do we get Pacino on the dance he floor? He sucks cock. <laughs> Let's do it. Um... So yeah, um, that would have been a great twist. Is we find out Servino is just like a voyeuristic gay guy who's like, <laughs> I just wanted to see him in, in leather chaps. What do you want from I, me? Uh, <laughs> I don't care about this case. I knew the way he moved. Um, so yeah, we finally get to see the killer. Um, the whole time the killer's sort of been. Um, oh, this is the ultimate cliche, but yeah. Yeah, sort of been uh, anonymous, but yeah. Then it's the the cliche. This part I thought was very hand-fisted. Like the, it's very much him trying to do an inversion of Psycho. Yeah, like the... Where it's like, instead of being haunted by the mother, it's him haunted by his father. Yeah, it's this last second thrown in. And they did do something with the dubbing where I kind of liked, where in all the murders, the the killer's kind of oh, yeah. taunting here them. here you are. Yeah, here you are. And then the father's voice. So we get this sort of, in my opinion, obvious fake scene where this father's not really there. It's yeah. just schizophrenic. Kind of reminds me of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Like they're sitting um, on a bench and they're just reflecting on like Yeah, and he's like, you know what you must do. Yeah. I guess he's egging his son on to kill more. And the voice fades oh, into... Terrible. That scene is terrible. Yeah, that scene's really <laughs> bad. But I did like the dubbing because then the, the, the killer's voice and the father's voice become one almost. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of creepy in a good way. But yeah, it, it it's the it's Norman very Bates scene. Second. It's yeah. the Norman Bates scene. It's like, like really like, thrown in there. I felt like the ending overall was very rushed and they're like, how are we going to do this? Or it was just, you know, like... It's unfortunate because you kind of... The, the thing that makes, I think, murder mystery kind of films interesting is you get piecemeal parts of the murder throughout the film kind of like zodiac or mm-hmm. some kind of like um you know name a million murder mystery films. yeah and you're like oh i'm actually involved in the murder himself or herself mm-hmm. because there's interesting pieces of this character clues. that you want to collect <laughs> yeah there's clues that you collect yeah. and this one it's like he no. taught at columbia you're like i don't even know who cares he taught <laughs> yeah. at columbia my fucking uncle taught yeah. at columbia. i don't care they about. cut to his yeah uh, he's got like a letter of confessions yeah. basically yeah. and it's like okay well i guess it's like give me a bit more interesting provocative ways yeah. of leaning into that i that like story. when they so we see the killer in his like day-to-day habit and uh 
he's got they pan i like how they pan over his library and it's like musical theater oh gay yeah. books yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that you stuff. have to f- yeah, yeah. Have to fulfill and, the stereotype. um uh, a little like exposition dialogue with his uh roommate about like oh yeah my dad blah blah and um and then the, the cl- his roommate is actually the the racist dad from american history x if you remember that yeah, that's right yeah. aka Corey's Corey's dad in boy meets world oh there you go <laughs> and i was like yo it's Corey's dad i didn't know he was gay <laughs> and then uh i am con- this is where it gets kind of confusing for me because pacino oh it gets confusing as soon as the stakeout scene the cliche stakeout scene yeah gets, i was like wait he's staking him out why what yeah know. like uh, i guess he recognizes he recognizes him from the club which is impressive in my opinion but um and yeah so he focuses yeah, on this one poppers, guy how do you remember anything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and he breaks into his place and then the the killer immediately knows someone's broken in like he's, oh yeah and he immediately goes to the letters which Pacino has found. These letters are like which I love that he just unsent letters to his dad where he confesses to the killing. He's like, one day I'll, I'll tell you. And then, but for some but, reason he doesn't care. But backtrack because I love that Pacino doesn't get a warrant. Doesn't get, like he just commits a B and E. Yeah, right in broad daylight. Yeah. He's just like, fuck, I'll kick open this air conditioner and yeah. waft waltz in. It's um, like, no, you can't do that. And then, yeah. Well, I think I think part of it is. Um, Oh yeah, we skipped over one of my scenes that I quite like. Was uh, oh no, that's after. Um, but he, the thing about but that's, I think he fucked up. They he fucked up so hard that now it's he's forced to do this. You know, it's like there's yeah, he doesn't have time for a yeah, war. he doesn't have time it, for it, a this war. This is on the front gone. covers. Uh, yeah, if, <laughs> the, it's embarrassing. The headline: Homo killer. That's right. It, yeah, um, and so, also again, if it were if it was if it was treated with a bit more directorial, I don't want to say grace or delicacy, but something that alludes to like is Pacino receding into his unconscious? Is he going back into the letters he got sent from his father? And are we getting a bit of Pacino's own character backstory through that scene? Instead, it acts, it just feels like, it's just like this guy breaks in, goes through a box of letters, and it's like, boom, solved. It becomes this almost weird Western showdown type thing because for some reason, the killer seems very smart, realizes all this stuff immediately that someone's broken and someone's found his letters, he then goes out to his window and looks across the street and Pacino's looking right at him. And he decides not to run away, not to do anything. He just decides to, like, it, does he think that Pacino just wants to fuck him? Like, it, yeah. It's kind of confusing. It's like, what is the killer's motivation here? Is it just, has his dad telepathically told him to kill Pacino? Like, it's, uh, I don't know what, what's going on here, but... <laughs> the third act kind of crumbles. Yeah, it does crumble. Pretty quickly. And, um... So yeah, they because he, that is a great. You're right. There's a that, that father scene is pretty interesting, and it does give excuse me does lend itself to, like okay, this guy's traumatized. It's not some you know. It's not your typical mm-hmm. like psychopath who's like oh I'm gonna murder these gays. Like no, yeah. it's like okay, he's got his own. But again, because there's so little time spent on it, so little time that it's almost—I almost wish they didn't, because now it's like it just opens up questions and doesn't really answer it. It's just in the, you know, and I think that the scenes that are, like you're seeing the cops cruise down in the beginning, it's like those scenes. Those scenes, I feel like they're great and I love them. Mm-hmm. But like five minutes of them heckling these these transsexuals walking, like give me scenes where you're building that yeah. that suspect or you're building these nuances. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it wasn't quite. You know? Yeah, I feel like Freegan is more, more pulpy. He's and, way more pulpy. Yeah. Yeah, and um, okay, so 
so yeah then there's this big showdown um between pacino and the killer like they meet in the park and they have this little flirtation and then um this part i thought was incredibly weird the the I guess what Friedkin thinks gay sex is like oh or something. It's just so oh, no. <laughs> the hips or lips is what he asks them. Yeah. And, yeah. and they like throw off their jacket. It's like this, some weird I don't know, how would you describe it? Like some weird dojo shout like showdown, like How big are you? Party size. What are you into? I go anywhere. I don't do anything. That's cool. Hips or lips. Yeah. It's very formal and they're like taking out their jackets and there's in the middle of a park. Yeah, in the middle of the park and it's like very business like there's no like flirting. Yeah, it's it's pure just conduct. Like, so hips or lips. How yeah. big are you? And, yeah. and Pacino says party size. And in my mind that that picks uh, that okay, that's either the tiny like bite size. Wait, what did he say? He said what party? So the killer asked Pacino, "How big are you?" <laughs> and Pacino says party size. Party size? Party size. And so does that mean Pacino's saying he's has a big that's so, dick? Again, that's ambiguous. I immediately, I was like, oh, he's tiny. <laughs> party, <laughs> party size. Party well, size. I think big is party pizza. Yeah, party pizza. But when party I'm talking big. candies, like, you know, like if you have a bunch of little party size. I think that line in <laughs> itself exemplifies the rest of the film perfectly. It's like, it I, could be taken so many ways, yeah. but none of them are the right And way. it's an extremely, like, <laughs> uncomfortable with the gay sex aspect of that's, it. Like, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a problem like not a problem but it's just like like Pacino they don't even make out or anything it's just no, there's like no, there's, all right here we go I think that's the thing about the whole film actually there's no intimacy there's no intimacy between Karen Allen there's no intimacy between Pacino and that person he goes on a date yeah. with there's no intimacy ever mm-hmm. and so I feel like I feel like the most intimate scene is when Sorvino's like please man I gotta, yeah. I'm gonna lose my job if you don't do this mm-hmm. and then you're like okay so the intimacy lies within the own police force but it's it yeah feels... the, the father son sort of relationship between yeah. Pacino and Servino is the only thing really. And then the in- intimacy between the father and his the, the psychopath killer, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. there's a bit of closeness there. Yeah. But it's weird how his yeah he's yes. got father, he's got daddy it, issues it's a bit. A, uh, a gay scene movie made by a straight man. Totally, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh yeah, and that was one thing that uh, we skipped. I uh, actually skipped over there was uh, I thought one of Pacino's. This was one of those scenes I was talking about where it's very acty where Pacino, this is right before he goes to confront the killer, and the his um, gay neighbor who he's had this sort of weird boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend uh, relationship with, um, he knocks on his door for an unknown reason, maybe because he knows that he's going away uh, mm. um, to like maybe say goodbye, uh, but it's um, his neighbor's boyfriend, and him and Pacino get into a little like scuffle because this guy's like, why are you knocking on my why are you looking for my boyfriend he's my boyfriend and um that's right Pacino busts down the door yeah. and they get into a little <laughs> scuffle and <laughs> the guy looks almost exactly like Patrick Swayze I yeah, thought yeah. and he's in like these tight little underwear um I thought that scene was I thought that that was where Pacino was like all right I, I know what to do here I know how yeah, to show yeah. emotion in this yeah. part and he has this great scene where he gets pushed down by the Swayze guy and he gets back up and the Swayze has uh, a knife and he sort of tactically retreats from the room. Do you yes. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love that little scene. But yeah, other than that, away. it's a very blank performance, very stunned performance by Pacino. I think he, yeah, it's so the direction, everything, and then maybe just how hectic the production was 
was maybe affecting him. Like, imagine going to trying to film all these scenes and we, and all these whistles are going and people are shining mirrors and stuff. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe Pacino, you know, maybe wasn't comfortable depicting that character at that time. I know he had issues with Dog Day Afternoon. It's a hard, let me put it this way. It's not. That's true. I forgot about he's gay in Dog Day Afternoon. Too. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think Pacino was, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, you get this script, you're like, okay, I'm this cop who kind of tries to solve this case, but also, spoil. can we do the ending or not? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, spoiler. Yeah, I am. He killed. So, they have the show and the hips are lips, the (laughs) party size, and then Pacino stabs him. And he uh, takes him down. He gets arrested. His fingerprints match one of the, uh, the murder scenes. And then it's just like all kind of wrapped up and he goes back to Karen Allen and he's all sweet and he's like, oh, uh, I'd let myself in. It's okay if I stay. And Karen Allen, of course, is like, yeah, sure. And then she goes out to the living room and finds the the trademark. The killer's been wearing this outfit. So the the glasses and the 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 hat hat, and the leather jacket. And it's like, we haven't seen Pacino in these (laughs) before. And... And then there's a very cliche, like, sort of ending where Pacino <laughs> looks into Directly the, right into, into the camera being like, it was me. me. Yeah, and, zoom in on the mirror. Yeah. And so, and we're just left with that. And then it, it fades out on and that. It, and you'd think, like, given that you spend, you know, an hour and a half with these characters, you're like, oh, that's, you, it's, you know, it's forgivable. Because you're like, oh, this is brilliant it's this yeah. it's this critique it about sense. the police and, <laughs> yeah. and like how they're institutionally killing these yeah. these people in the streets but then you're like no way no, it doesn't it make sense because no sense sense <laughs> he he's trying to figure out if he's queer but then he's killing people yeah. and then i don't know i fi- i found that like it is let me put it this way it's deep quote unquote it's a deep ending but is it an earned ending like does he ever and yeah. part of it is it's again deep well it's part of it is just he doesn't get pacino Pacino's character to get to that place and mm-hmm. I think maybe Pacino I don't know I don't want to speak on Pacino's behalf was he afraid to get to that place yeah was it was was freaking afraid to get to that place where he's like hey we really want to humanize this character or was it that they were just like we're making a pulpy horror film disguised as kind of a queer culture sentiment we're gonna do this mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it's going and, and and in the end it does come off as sleaze it's a bit yeah. like you're like okay yeah. But and then don't get but then don't give me that deep ending. Yeah. If you're gonna yeah. do sleaze, go sleaze. Yeah. Don't give me this like Like he's the master of sleaze and I think Yeah, I think he just gets caught up in the how to end it and gives us this half baked like yeah. It'd be great if Karen Allen strapped on a dildo, put on the glasses, put on the hat and fucked Pacino yeah. like okay. hard and then you're <laughs> yeah. like, Okay, I get it, kind of. Perfect. It's Perfect. like it's ambiguous, he's kinda <laughs> Yeah, but it is a weird ending. Yeah, yeah, she just kind of accepts him back into the world. And yeah, well, I guess for her, it's like nothing but it's like I guess he went away for a few weeks and. Uh. Yeah, and now he's back and he's kind of yeah, like he's got a stab wound. He's uh. flush and he's just like. Well, the thing is, like, also, it's also funny she doesn't put it together because it's like homo killers all over the news. Yeah, and he's he's giving these telltale signs. Yeah. The, the, the other thing, as I was like, <clears throat> I was thinking about it because I do like that story of like a police that goes undercover. It's a big cliche that you find out that the police is the killer, but it did remind me of a film called Investigation of a Citizen Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you. We forgot a big thing there. Um, uh, Ted, the Pacino's neighbor, ends up murdered. 
and we find out that uh, the, the the people who are on the first responders are the cops from the beginning who the sixth precinct who yeah who uh, assault these gay people regularly it seems and, and Sorvino's face he's like yeah uh, <laughs> and we see um, we see that cop throughout the film on yeah, the gay you scene do, you uh, not do. in uniform and stuff yeah. so is it did he murder him or did Pacino murder this person or did Swayze murder Ted it, it's very <laughs> unclear it's so it's unclear uh, but it's definitely in it's definitely um you know leaning into that idea of the police are the killers the yeah. entire time they're all self-hating queers in the in the police yeah. academy and, mm-hmm. or sorry in the police uh, and sorry i interrupted what you're saying before well no i was just saying like it, it i love the it's it's obviously the ending is cliche but i do love the idea of the cop investigating the murder that he's committing because that's straight out of a film called Investigation of a Citizen Abo- Above Suspicion, which is this great Italian crime thriller by Elio Petri, who's like, you know, political, obviously a political director at the time in Italy, 1970s, and he's like, hey, let's, what if this, what if this were the story? A, a detective has to, like, investigate a murder that he committed. And like he's that. the criminal. Yeah. And it's kind of this, like, Kafka-esque exploration of, like, the bureaucratic notion of having to investigate yourself. And what I a love title that. too! What Investigation a title. of a citizen above suspicion. You're like, that's happening now. <laughs> that's ha- like the SIU units in Toronto are investigating their own murders. Yeah, the, it's the like, CIA. We will stop, stop domestic racism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, I'm like, I love that idea, and I love the principle behind that idea. I just don't think. I think to, for Freakin and Freakin does this all the time. He blends these kind of like high concept ideas with sleaze. Mm-hmm. And it works. It's so, like The Exorcist, where you're like, wow, you're yeah, taking the French kind of connection. like, yeah. or the French connection. You're taking these kind of like high concepts of like the possession, you know, and you're cr- like, that's kind of a sleazy idea. I mean, like the devil being, pos- but it's like you're doing this nuanced way, you're doing it this like really classic way, mm-hmm. and it gives it this kind of like, hmm, it's like this f- nice, like fine art sensibility. Yeah. In this, he does the opposite. It's like you got this like kind of fine art idea. Mm-hmm. and it's conceptual and it's interesting and it's provocative and it's modern but then you're doing it in this like Italian giallo style yeah it's almost like he gets caught up in just the sleaze and the and the also feel of the feels, club yeah it feels like a bit voyeuristic it feels like yeah. he's getting off on seeing these scenes and being yeah. like oh look how bad I'm being I'm, yeah. I'm showing this and fair enough like I think the 70s has a great track record of like let's one up each other like Oh, you're gonna do straw dogs. I'm gonna do Clockwork Orange. Oh, you're gonna do Clockwork Orange. I'm gonna do fucking this, you know. And it's like one upping each other in provocation until like kind of like the dominoes fall and or the Jenga pieces fall. And I think William Friedkin just wanted in on that discourse, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, I want in on this. (laughs) Like, you guys gonna make some weird movies?" And that was the and that that's why I think the opening with the taxi driver monologue by the cops is so fitting. (laughs) It's like he's trying, and it's funny because the same year, you know. It was Raging Bull. Like Scorsese went the other way. Yeah. Scorsese's like, I want to go back to classical <laughs> cinema. I want to go to yeah. like Italian cinema. And Freakin's like, I'm going to go even a step further than Zachary's Driver. Yeah. Freakin never. It, it, it was kind of a downturn after this for Freakin. Like he didn't have his. Well, many live, big and, hits. live and die in LA was great. Oh yeah, true. That that comes up. I love that one actually. You're right. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much all I have to say on that. Do what you have you any think, more notes? What did you like? What's your? You know, would you recommend this film? Uh, I would recommend it just, but in the context of you have to know who Friedkin is and know who Al Pacino is. Like I right. got right. so much enjoyment of, of, seeing them. of seeing them in this uh, aspect. And like the, especially the dance scene alone 
I mean, it also just the music. He freaking always has amazing them. music. The Mezzi songs. Yeah, the amazing. you know, Live and Die Light. He's got Wang Chung, and the, the Exorcist theme is one of the biggest of all oh, time. It's amazing. And uh, Sorcerer, which uh, I don't know, you haven't seen Sorcerer, seen but it. it's the first um, time Tangerine Dream does um, does a, a score, and and they're famous for that, and uh, it's fantastic. And this again, yeah, it, it's hard to even find this music. I was looking for it, so. Just on that basis alone, I'd recommend it. And just the, the sort of yeah, the pulpy. I'm not. I'm not saying this is like a ten out of ten movie. It's obviously extremely flawed, as we talked about. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I would recommend pe- for people who like this kind of stuff. Yes, I would recommend. But with the caveat of, it's got some problems. <laughs> it's it's the, the thing for me is like okay, time and place. I could watch any movie set in New York in the 1970s endlessly yeah. i just love seeing it i love just from like a purely anthropological perspective like i love seeing that time and place mm-hmm. i love seeing the the the, again, the the artistic decision of putting you know the um the music the punk music yeah and it fades out on a the great puccini a great puccini music yeah. like i love that but part of me also because i have such a hard on for serpico and i love serpico so deeply yeah. that i'm like would I recommend this? I'd recommend Serpico first. I'd be like, watch yeah. Serpico because you see, like, I don't know what Sidney Lumet does with his with his actors. I have no idea what he does. He, like, I've read his book and I've been like, dude, I don't know what you do. But also I get it. <laughs> yeah. He really appreciates the craft of performance. And every performance in Serpico, everyone wants something. Everyone's trying to get at someone. The pressure and tension builds throughout the entire film that it just snaps. Like, when fucking Pacino throws down the chair at his apart at, at the uh, the precinct, you're like, yeah. he's going crazy. Yeah, and so I'm like, I think that might be the ultimate police film. I think that's the, my favorite police film of all time. At least undercover one, of all yeah. time. Maybe yeah. like, sorry, maybe of all time. Yeah, only because I don't know what other film captures both the, you know, the cyclical nature, like just that kind of like you can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. You're tra- you're trapped. Yeah, and this film it, tries that, but it's like, yeah, yeah, it's disjointed. It's, it's like too disjointed. When when Pacino has that scene of like, I can't do it anymore. It's yeah. like, oh, this is the first time really. this guy has, like, shown any emotion in a, in quite a few scenes. Like, yeah, and again, than, I think that's a that was a directorial decision. I think him and Pacino probably said, look, we don't want to see who you are because I think part of that was to lend itself to the kind of idea of his sexual ambiguity. We don't yeah. want to see who you are. We want the audience to guess who you are. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, that's fine. If you ain't making a sleazy film, if you're making a sleazy <laughs> film, I want to know what's going on. I yeah. want, I want those scenes where he's losing it. Um, so I would recommend Serpico as the ultimate film, and then watch this as a riff on Serpico. Yeah, this, this is, is a riff on Serpico. This is a film to see. Yeah, when you know a lot about Pacino and you know about Freakin, you know about all these yeah great New York movies. This isn't a starting point because it's no, like no. it's sort of a parody almost. It's a very campy almost in a lot of ways. And um, it's an, I think it's an important installment in queer cinema i think it's like for that it's amazing yeah. um despite that you know it's had a lot of pushback in its day but now it's been more embraced as like yeah. a great rep- like not great but it, yeah it's got like 50 percent on rotten tomatoes but it's got like 3.5 on letterbox with the newer reviews you, you know yeah. yeah and i think that's you know it's but it goes back to that question of like and this is what i always kind of go back to myself as an audience member it's like representation for representation's sake or are you represent, or is it representation for the sake of getting the depth of that 
let's say that I the identity of that group mm-hmm. that you want to get that you want to not just excavate that whole scene but you actually want to unearth interesting things kind of like the difference between like the wire yeah. and I don't know fucking <laughs> you know law and order it's like yeah. oh you want to actually dig deep into these machinations yeah. of the system yeah they're they're not the doing culture. that no, no they just want to show it's more them. window dressing yeah, it's exactly, more like exactly exactly these, these clubs are crazy yeah. let me show you yeah. how crazy these clubs and where are. i think it that does work is like when scorsese does something similar he kind of pays homage to cruising in after hours when uh, uh, uh dunn's character kind of walks into this weird berlin-esque queer leather bar yeah and it, you just get a glimpse of it and it kind of ends it kind of ends there actually the whole last act kind of takes place there and it's punk and it's yeah. cool and you're like oh that's New York at that time that's Christmas Street but it's just a sprinkling it's not yeah. this is the film we're gonna wrap around the entire idea that's a great point because it's like oh you get this little taster and it's like oh that's very interesting yeah. but in this one it's surrounded by it but at the I don't feel like Pacino really learns anything no like, no he just maybe knows some things about bandanas but yeah he knows no there's no characters he gets to know we know nothing about him. <laughs> There's no, that, yeah. and that's the problem. It's like I don't get to know Paul Savino's character. I don't know why he wants to get this beat done. I don't get to know Pacino's character. I don't know Karen Allen's character at all. No. Oh, there's no character to know. Yeah. There's, um, there's only hints at it. And the only character you end up dude knowing is this is the is the killer, or the, sorry, the who we think is the killer, the Norman yeah. Bates character. But even then, you're like, I don't care. And it's very guy. rushed. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got like one or two scenes of very quick expositional dialogue being like oh yeah yeah and then i get money from this and i get the sense that freaking is you know i get the sense that freaking again wants to be a provocateur for the sense of being a provocateur mm-hmm. i get the sense that he wants to he wants to be the first person he wants to kind of stake his territory and be like i did this i went to this culture and i studied it you know, and I looked at it. Well, I mean, he he did the, he did that. I mean, you can't accuse him of not going for it. No, no, no. That's the thing. <laughs> he went for That's it. the thing. That's what I respect about it. It's like freaking goes there. Like he's not afraid of going there. And then supposedly yeah. he had to do like forty cuts for the MPAA yeah. to like get it released. Sorcerer. I was the the. It's sort of a a a remake of Wages of Fear. Um, a masterpiece. By the yeah. way, a masterpiece. Just um, like one of, the, top one of the main characters is a Palestinian bomber. And yeah, there you go. And it's <laughs> yeah, just like, like he does not care about like no. going in there like and smashing it up. Like he. Yeah, Friedkin is like you know you've got to love that. Like the first scene it. of that character is in Sorcerers, he bombs a place in Israel, and of and course. he's like a main character. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's the opening. Yeah, and there's no freaking got because like, can we get a bombing in the first act? Like, sure, why not? Like, yeah. I feel like that's fr- freaking a nutshell. Is like, how can we get as, as many eyeballs? Kind yeah. of like jarred How by can this. we know that this is a gay bar? Let's yeah. lube up the entire Tire forearm. Arm. Like, yeah. like, he is going in. Yeah. Like, freaking's going. And I in. love this scene where I just you know another spoiler bit, but like when he kills the guy in the theater when they're watching the gay mm-hmm. porn. And like he just stabs him, blood all over the hands. He just walks out. There's yeah. no, there's no, like, there's no, ex, like, there's no way yeah. you're gonna murder someone in the theater. There's a lineup outside the theater, and you just yeah. There's like a out. lot of guys. Yeah, there's right tons there. of pe- tons of witnesses, and no one's like, hey, I think yeah. that guy killed someone. But you know, bring it to a Toronto uh, thing. Um, just recently, there was um, all those gay, uh, the the gay serial killer. Well, we yeah. don't know if he was gay. Yeah. Maybe just like Pacino, we don't know. Right. But uh, he right. killed several people in Toronto, and um, the cops apparently people went to the cops, and the cops just kind of dismissed it. Yeah. So you know, 
And that would have been interesting. I think it would have been an interesting... I mean, I hate to... I always think of these what-ifs, but I think it would have been interesting if it was like Pacino's character wants to investigate these killings. Oh, and Paul Servino's character is like, listen, let it go. We're not going right. to find the killer. And Pacino's like, no, I got to figure it out. Yeah, it's like, then, I've, I've got some clues that lead me to yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, let me go undercover and let and me figure it out. Instead, uh, it's, you ever had a man suck your <laughs> cock before? <laughs> Which, again, is another way of going like, about it. What? <laughs> it's, it's another way of, it works. But yeah, like, it's just... I want to see, you know, there's no stake in it for Pacino. Mm-hmm. It's there's just, no stake it, it's in just, it. does he get detected? Or not? Yeah, yeah. And then and even that, you don't get that payoff. You don't get to see him being like, I'm yeah. detected now, baby. It's Look like at Pacino, this. just quit. Karen yeah. Allen has this a amazing apartment. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing, I don't know, with dealings with the Saudis. Must be something. Like, <laughs> fuck. Like, that would have been great, yeah. too, if, like, if Freaky just threw in another provocation. Like, oh, by the way, Karen Allen's character? Yeah, yeah. She's fucking, she's a pimp in the Saudi <laughs> uh, circles of the oil and gas industry. You're like, what? This, this doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. <laughs> We're going for it. Yeah, it's 1980, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Big oil's here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got to see Sorcerer. So that one yeah that's but a great one i think pacino again it's hard not to watch pacino yeah for you any i, I don't want to eat and on a sour note watching pacino for two hours in anything you're like i'm fixed he's the way he walks the well, way he looks. well up to like maybe 1995 or something even like. then even in heat i'm like all right I'll well watch, that's 1995 you know. isn't it and i love how in heat he like afterwards he admitted he's like yeah i played that character like he was high on cocaine it's like <laughs> okay did, yeah he probably was <laughs> yeah no i don't know about that that's slander son oh that's slander <laughs> no i mean the character <laughs> oh yeah, yeah of course I could, the character. I see that but yeah you watch you i could watch i could watch karen allen and pacino for, I could watch Paul Servino and Pacino for three yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I These think just, if I had to do it again, I would take away the horror aspect as much. And we see a little bit too much of the killer. And there's like, even though those scenes work, they I feel in the like beginning. it's, it's a different in, movie almost. They work in the beginning. It's it's um. But again, you could argue it's like that self-reflexive kind of like we're gonna make this into a horror film because people are horrified by queers and so we're or by gay the, the gay culture so but, i mean so you know <laughs> maybe because of this <laughs> well that's it's again it's that idea of like is it perpetuating the stereotype of yeah. fear of gay culture or is it critiquing the stereotypes mm-hmm. of queer culture and is it trying to kind of like disarm the audience into yeah. understanding that it it's doesn't not horrific? It, yeah it doesn't um it's not very critical of anyone in the movie. It's not like you could you could give him props for that. Like yeah, all the I gay think it characters. Been, I think it should have been more critical of the police. Like I think it should have been more mm-hmm. like oh shit. Like I, yeah, we should be afraid of the police. But I mean, they, I I don't know. I kind of disagree that they, they, they have that as well. You know, they have these cops being like, yeah, I'll I'll just we know this guy's innocent, but I'll get him to to confess anyways. And they have him beating people, and they have all this stuff. And they have they have that's two true. cops right. yeah, they true. have two cops sexually assaulting people right at the beginning that's, true, right? that's the beginning, right off yeah. the that's pure that's pure freak and he's yeah. like, can we get two cops to um, so I think it's pretty critical and you know I actually reminds me Pacino's that. characters right it says like listen I didn't get in the, into this to you know beat up on some gay guys or anything like that yeah. after they slapped the shit out of yeah, yeah, so yeah. and there's no real judgment I would say of of anything that's going on even though it is very like something that would make your mother cringe a lot of these scenes you know but i never felt like um freaking thought like any of this was disgusting or wrong it was just like he thought it was an interesting scene yeah i could i definitely sense that he's not criticizing i could definitely sense that it's more literally a fascination slash a mm-hmm. artistic obsession in but a way i at the same hand could see why 
the gay community wouldn't want this as their first big blockbuster introduction to America. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but the same could be said about Philadelphia. It's like, okay, great, you're gonna make a film yeah. about us dying of a great, fantastic. Yeah. But, Tom Hanks. Yeah, that, that movie on. does not hold up. No. In a, in a slightest bit, it's yeah. just like you're like what? Like, yeah. But the thing about I want to just talk about that whole critical of the police. <clears throat> I, I take it back because there is an interesting scene where Pacino walks into the bar that he's been frequenting, and they're all dressed up like police. And you're like, is this a dream? Is this a nightmare? Yeah. And he walks in totally plain's clothes, and yeah. it's like it's an inversion, right? It's like yeah. Wait, let's oh. set the scene a bit more. He goes down to this bar, and everyone is full geared up, full like, gear, helmets shirts and they're like nightstick uh, he's like you want to suck on my nightstick yeah people are sucking on nightsticks people are like taking nightsticks up the butt like it is and it looks like an amazing party once again again yeah (laughs) and and the interesting thing is like he's not dressed for the occasion yeah and then he gets kind of not politely but he gets asked to leave yeah he does and you and and i was like that scene is interesting because it's totally i think could be interpreted as a dream it could be interpreted as pacino being like i've walked into this thing like the police are the killers and now i'm walked into this party and i'm planes clothed and i can't yeah. i can't rattle and they're part of this big fuck fest yeah and they're yeah. it's part of an, it's an orgy and they, yeah. and, they, and he doesn't know what to do um but again it's not he doesn't i guess he does though i get now that i'm thinking about it the more we talk about it, the more like he does like okay, the guy in the cowboy outfit slapping pacino mm-hmm. in the p- precinct you're like there's so much crossover of culture. It's like the yeah. queer scene in the police precinct and the police scene in the queer, the, queer the, culture. The cop himself right at the beginning is at the bar himself at in the bar. plain clothes, like yeah. just there cruising as well. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it does. Yeah, you know what? It yeah. is definitely one of those. But, I mean, this is in hindsight, so I feel like it doesn't come across in the movie, and maybe we're trying to make excuses a bit for him you know 100 percent. but yeah it's i I, I like that angle because yeah i didn't ever really thought about that that scene is so there's no real that scene of all the cops would probably took a lot of time and effort and costumes and all that stuff tons tons Uh, it offers nothing to the plot really when you think about it it, you're just kind of like why why wouldn't pacino get the memo (laughs) (laughs) why is he a terrible cop (laughs) and i love how he walks he's just looking around he's like okay <laughs> yeah. he says i love i gotta rewatch that scene yeah i would be i would have been nervous i'd be like did they find me out is yeah. this all a yeah that's also kind of scary like yeah. he walks in they're all cops and yeah like, what the fuck? also there's a gimp character um who oh, yeah, is just sort of standing gimp. and looking around in the bar <laughs> i thought at one point he was going to be another cop oh 100 you know just there yeah. like that's a good ruse because you're just you don't have to do or say anything but you can like observe and everything. i was also like is that gimp character it was that the ins- inspiration for tarantino's gimp and yeah, Pulp Fiction? yeah quentin tarantino apparently loves this movie and what a, movie what movie doesn't yeah, Tarantino? that's true but he uh he's like the little he rascals funny, he's like i love that movie <laughs> like buckley was amazing he has a funny quote where he's defending it being like maybe insensitive to the gay people and he's like I showed it to a group of gay theater people. They all loved it. <laughs> I was really? Like, okay, eh? Quintus. <laughs> really? No way. Well, that's the thing. Is like I think again, it's the time thing. It's like I think in the moment, it's impossible not to critique it in that time when it was very you know, it's a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. But now again, I, I I was reading in a few uh, queer periodicals and watching some queer podcasts about this film when they were like, no, it's actually a great. Like, it's a great entry point into mainstream queer, queer yeah. cinema. And I was like, okay. So it's definitely, like, it's one of those things that maybe has aged better than some films. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, Philadelphia hasn't aged well. I think Cruising has aged well. I, yeah, I think it aged ways. well in the sense that now 
our audience is more mature and we know more about gay people and totally. we know that totally. they're not all murderers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there's very boring gay people who don't yeah. go to these bars and <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. like straight people. We're just yeah. like some of us are murderers, some of us like to sit at home and read books. Yeah. That's what that's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it goes. It's almost like we're the same people. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, I want I wanna see Cruising get remade today. Oh, I'd man, love to who see would you cast? Oh, uh, 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 a, a slight uh, a thing. One, ca- I know someone who cast. was up for the original cruising was Richard Gere. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He'd been he'd be, been good. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think cast. He would have been more knowable. Like he he would have been gayer, which I think would have been good. I think if they did it today, I want to see it. Maybe not in New York. Maybe in a in a in a part of the world where queer culture isn't fully embraced like yeah, maybe like the like, midwest yeah because now this gay bar would be like the hottest ticket yeah. to get into like, yeah yeah like maybe like i don't know wyoming and like i would love to see like christopher abbott play like yeah. pacino's character and like christopher abbott who said he was in james white and it's just like he's this kind of quiet he just does this great quiet mystique about him where you're like i don't know what this dude's about yeah. but i feel like if he walked into this territory it'd be kind of weird but also kind of interesting and then for the paul servino character i'd cast like i mean it had to be someone that you like a Jack Lemon type character who's like you're like I just want this guy to be okay. <laughs> Please just yeah. do what he says. Yeah. Suck that guy Paul too. Servino has maybe the best hound dog look of He's all. Ama- it's amazing. Uh, I don't know who I'm cast. counting on you. Who would you who would you cast as Paul Servino? <laughs> oh character? man, I don't know. Yeah, that's like tough. someone that does the he's kind of got authority authority, but also I feel sad. like there isn't a lot of old actors like around that age that are prominent that much anymore. The way that like they kind of. Paternal. You're like Paul Reiser. <laughs> no. Liam Neeson. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's about does it. Do you have? Um, oh yeah. So we're this is movie cliche, mm-hmm. um, or it's well, what was your title again? It's so cliche. Yeah. Yeah. So one of that's those so titles. Cliche. So we want to. We always ask guests. Um, are there any movie cliches that you love or hate? Like uh, just entire tropes. I personally love yeah. the cliche of, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's the woman who enchants the man into becoming human. So it's the like the manic as, pixie dream girl. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. The opposite. Okay. It's like it's like it's like in as good as it gets. Like the cliche of like, here's this like miscreant. Who, oh, he just needs a bit of like woman's love and touch. Yeah. And now he's like, I'm a better man because of it. <laughs> and like you see that in Phantom Thread, you know, yeah. you see it a bit in You've Got Mail or Shop Around the, or Shop Around the Corner by Ernest Lubitsch. And you're like, and I just love that cliche because it's like, it's kind of true. There's a, there's a, tr- you know, there's yeah. a reason why they're cliches. It's because we're so dumb. And then, yeah. And then we, we have one self- dumb man perspective on everything. Yeah. And then you and actually listen to your girlfriend talk for a while, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that is a good point, isn't it?" And I guess or I'm just like reimagining the world in a better way. You're like, "Yeah, yeah. I don't have no, the world isn't coming to an end." So I love <laughs> that cliche, and I just love it the way. It, it, no matter what, no matter who does it, with you know, and there's subversion to that cliche, like in uh, Scorsese's New York Stories with um, uh, the one he did with uh, Nick Nolte, oh, yeah. where you're like, "Oh, he." he gets that touch of the woman, but then he gets, becomes like enraged and, and dispa- like, and he just like loses a sense of himself. Yeah. I like that subversion too. Um, but I think that's a great cliche yeah. and I don't see it enough. I don't think there, I think the romantic comedy mm-hmm. as a genre doesn't get enough respect, even though it's cliche. I don't think it gets enough respect. Yeah. It's almost it's like often, the women aren't, they're almost too perfect sometimes that they don't have like 
other than these flaws of being clumsy or something. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the that, foibles, yeah. Yeah, uh, that they, yeah, they don't get that full love, I guess. Around. I just saw Moonstruck again. Now that's an amazing. She uh, slaps Nick Cage. Oh god, she's an amazing female. <laughs> that's a perfect one. <laughs> He's a miscreant. Yeah, and yeah. she completely changes him. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about that cliche. Yeah. Um, uh, Leon the professional too. It's like in the most weirdly perverse oh, yeah. way. It's like yeah. this older hitman who gets touched by this young girl yeah. <laughs> who's <laughs> definitely underage. You gotta use that word. Huh? <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. We all know what that film's about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know it's Luke Besson's pedophilic kind of. Like, um, and then I'll, I'll I'll add one um, one movie cliche. I love when um, a character coughs, and then you know that they're dead. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, yeah, when they're like playing with their kids, and they're like, <laughs> 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 "Oh, uh, you guys go ahead." <laughs> and then yeah, announcing their death. <laughs> this guy's got some. <laughs> He's <disease>. done. <laughs> yeah. He's done. I All like right. it. We're, yours is about death. Mine's about love. That's yeah, a perfect, perfect cliche. All right, great way to end. Love All right, uh, Mark here. Thanks very much for being on Thanks the for inaugural you. episode. And uh, that's movie cliche. Thanks very much.